Welcome to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Leah Darrow, and I share with you inspirational people who are truly doing something beautiful to make our world better. We are inspired by Mother Teresa who said, do something beautiful for God. Do it with your life. Do it every day. Do it in your own way, but do it. All right. Welcome to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Leah Darrow, and today we get to talk with a great guy. His name is Sean. And let me tell you something a little bit about Sean before we get in. Sean Clifford, he is the CEO of Canopy. We'll get into that later and what that is. But he's also the father of four young children. They're all running outside his window right now. It's pretty fun. Uh, Sean aspires to build products that give families the good of the internet without the bad. So I don't know about you, but that sounds very interesting to me. Want to hear more about that. Sean founded Canopy. If you don't know about Canopy, you are going to find out and you won't forget it. He founded Canopy in 2019, and he did this to help build a world of healthy tech users, starting by protecting children actually from pornography. So big conversation right there we're going to have. He previously actually served as vice president for Barron Public Affairs, where he advised leading tech ventures, nonprofits, and then Fortune 500 companies at the intersection of culture and policy. So I have a few questions, Sean, about culture and policy that I'll give you in a little bit. Sean also earned his BA from Williams College and a master's in great books from St. John's College and an MBA, just he's a total underachiever here, MBA from the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School. Sean and his wife and their four kids live in Austin, Texas. I was just there yesterday, Sean. Um, and they enjoy exploring local trails and relaxing on tech-free Saturdays. Do you have a tech-free Saturday? Well, Sean does. Maybe he can help us do that as well. So Sean, welcome to the podcast. Leah, thanks so much for having me on. Okay. So I'd like to ask you really quickly, you worked with these Fortune 500 companies, advising them on the intersection of culture and policy. Like, What does that mean, Sean? A lot of companies were trying to understand the broader trends that were taking place in American society and how it was going to impact the environment in which they operated. Sometimes this was on what types of products and services should we offer. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it was on what's the policy landscape going to look like. Uh, and sometimes it was where they wanted to be proactive, where they had a vision for how they thought um, either culture or policy should look and what steps they could take to try and move the discourse in that direction. I loved it. I know that sounds esoteric, but it was an incredible way to wake up every day and just think deeply, like, where are we going? Where do we want to go? Who yeah. are we? Who do we want to be? Uh, that was my day job. Uh, so I, I loved it. I missed it. I'm grateful to be doing what I'm doing now, but uh, it, it was a real gift of uh, profession for about a decade. So, so then like, you transitioned to, like, at what point did you wake up from your job? advising, you know, Fortune 500 companies. Great job, like you're doing good for the world. And you're like, oh, I think I'm going to start an app that's going to protect kids from porn. I mean, how does that kind of come, I mean, how does that come out of your life? Like, where did that come from? Came from a, a few points, a few different threads that ultimately were woven together. Um, okay. The first is uh, my wife and I started to have kids. And when you mm. have kids, you start thinking about what is the world that we are going to raise them in. Um, and so that was kind of the spark. The second was back in 2007, I sat down with uh, a very good friend who went on to become the lead investor in our company, wonderful guy named Evan Loomis. And he asked me what I would do if I made $50 million and never had to work a day again in my life. Hmm. So I thought and I answered, 
Uh, and then I asked him the same question. And he said he would dedicate the rest of his life to try and overcome the scourge of pornography. He thought it was going to become an immense source of suffering. He was already seeing this amongst uh, his friends and that it was only going to accelerate and that we needed to take this seriously. And that was the first moment I always kind of up until then, I didn't think it was good. I thought it more of a nuisance, you know, something that was unfortunate, but not something that should command uh, the type of attention that I'm spending on it now. And then the third thing was professionally, I was advising a number of tech companies and spending time in Silicon Valley. And while over there, um, there's an expression in DC that's uh, personnel is policy. Who you hire in your office dictates the type of policy that comes out. The Silicon Valley parallel to that is programmers or product. And you had this cadre of people designing the products that were being adopted by millions of families around the country. And more often than not, they were not parents themselves. Uh, huh. They were typically folks in their 20s, sometimes early 30s, but they were not wrestling with the consequences and the implications of, if you build it this way, what is this going to do to a family life? Um, and to the contrary, oftentimes, as, as you're probably well aware, the incentives are to uh, build products that capture as much attention from the user as possible. As a parent, it's not always what we want for our kids. So those three things came together and really resulted in this desire to like, we've got to figure out, I think tech's amazing. It's not going away. I don't want it to go away, but I want us to figure out how to get the good of it without the bad, how to live wisely with it so that our kids can be kids for a little while longer. Yeah. I mean, there's so much, there's so many things that I just learned from what you just said. What was that? What was that, that quote? Say it again. Personnel is the policy. Yes. And then the other one, and the other one is programs with products. Tell, tell me, tell me the, the, that one again. Uh, programmers are product. So the origin in DC is, you know, uh, you have a member elected, and you can see what they've said on the campaign trail and kind of speeches they've given. But look at who their chief of staff is. Look at who their policy director is. Those are the folks that are actually drafting the bills, that are writing the speeches, that are kind of shaping this. And so it's an it's a, it's a very DC niche uh, quote. But in Silicon Valley, I think you find an element of that as well. The yeah. people that are putting together these products, that are designing them, oftentimes are not aware or perhaps in some cases in, indifferent to how this is actually going to be adopted. Now, I think that's starting to change. Silicon Valley is doing a little bit more to try and help families navigate this. And mm -hmm. Apple gets credit. They recently updated their parental control, which is getting better and moving in the right direction. But I still think insufficient to what we need for our kids to be healthy online. Right. And so to be healthy online. Um, so we, okay, let's really quickly, let me go back before we talk about being healthy online. The Canopy app. This is something relatively new. You founded this in 2019. It's not that old. And you founded it right before our world cra <laughs> crashed <laughs> with COVID, the global crash, which almost, I mean, I don't know, like, did that actually work in your favor of the fact that like, because COVID happened in 2020, and so many more people were online, the online, like the online usage went up dramatically, people were living, literally living on their phones, living on their screens, mm -hmm. because of the lack of just in person interactions and being out in the world and not being able to go out. Did this help y'all with Canopy and, and found, you know, having it start in 2019? Like, how did that work out for you guys? You know, yes and no. 
I'll, I'll start with the no. No, because we hadn't launched our product at that point. And so uh, that was painful to see the yeah. like, desperate need for it. And we were close. We were so close, but we weren't ready just yet. Um, and also no in the sense starting companies is hard. Um, trying to start a company during like a global pandemic is especially hard. Add in the nature of the topic that we're dealing with day in and day out. Um, and it was just like a, a perfect storm of challenges. Uh, so I've got the scar tissue from that, or as my kids will point out, the, the gray hairs that were not there before. But uh, yes, in, this, in the following sense, um, parents, I think, became so much more aware of, number one, what their kids were being exposed to online. Number two, the necessity of technology meaning COVID pushed so much of our lives online in ways that would have been challenging to survive it, to connect with family, to stay in touch with friends, to continue education, had we not had these tools available. But at the same time, um, you know, brought a lot of issues to the forefront. So I think there's a general awareness that's much greater today about both the need for these devices, but also the, the dangers posed by them. Um, and then the I think the third thing, on this front is broadly speaking, COVID just made a lot more people think about how do I make sure my kids are like protected from, I'm just gonna use the word toxins, whether that's like the coronavirus or ideas that are perhaps dangerous to them or images that they could, it's just like the, the parents like protective bubble went up um, and was in the zeitgeist. And so I think that has been something that um, we think is warranted. We don't want to encourage helicopter parenting and we want kids to be kids and go yeah. explore and take risks. And that sometimes means that they're going to fail. So we, we don't want um, kind of shields up at all times, but we do want parents to take seriously the dangers that are out there today and then find a sensible way forward. Yeah. And there are some, I mean, there are some dangers out there today. I mean, I don't think any parent doesn't think that I, I think that almost every parent, I would imagine, is aware that, yes, there are dangers online. But just really quickly, this is on the Canopy website. I found this really interesting when I went to, it's can, canopy.us. And you can go there and you can get information. We'll talk more about that because we have an exciting uh, offer for you actually with this. So don't check out my show notes if you want to get into Canopy because there's a, there's a special link there just for you. But really quickly, those dangers, I, I read this on your website, I'm reading it right now, 93%, 93% of American boys will be exposed to online pornography before they're 18. 93%. Ugh. The mom of me just wants to cry right now, like so bad, like, oh my gosh. 13 is the average age in years at which an American boys first see pornography. And two times more adolescents have been exposed to pornography than their parents realize. That sources with the New York Times. You have this on your on on one of the on one of your pages under your under the mission area. If you're looking at where I'm where I'm going, if anybody is pulling that up right now as I'm as I'm sharing this, and it's it's just it's depressing. I know like we don't need to talk about all the depressing things right now, but like you see this and you it's very clear that there is an issue and there's a problem and there are absolutely um forces out there that are trying to get our kids into porn. They're trying to get our t kids away from more than likely if you're a Christian Christian morals that we typically raise our ch children with, the values that we hold. Is it right even if even if you don't hold any type of faith worldview, is it is it right? Is it okay for a 5-year-old, a 7-year-old to see pornography or be exposed to that? 
I, I think you'd be hard pressed to say yes. So what does Canopy do? Because I, I've heard of so I've heard of a lot of different things. Like, do they just block everything? Do they like what does the Canopy service do when you enable this on all of you know your devices in your home? Let's talk about that really quickly because I need to have some good news here, Sean, yeah. about what, what we can do to combat um, what we're seeing right now with the exposure of pornographic or pornographic like material that's coming across screens and that are that are pop-ups that are that are now in just commercials. It's not even like a certain website. Like there are things that are going in while kids are watching like good kid shows that are exposing them to things that they shouldn't be exposed to. So how, what what does Canopy do to help us with that? Canopy is, I, I should note at the very outset, Canopy software. So it's a application that you would download to your smartphone, uh, to your tablet, to your laptop. And once downloaded, it runs in the background and it's basically a next generation filter that's able to, able to scan all of the data in real time. Uh, so every if you go to a website, it can look at every word, every image, every video in milliseconds, determine if any of it is pornographic and either block the whole page if it's a pornographic site or simply remove just the offensive content. Hmm. So this is all made possible by two really exciting breakthroughs that came from a, our R&D team in Israel. The first is they were able to train artificial intelligence to identify pornographic content with over 99.9% accuracy. The second big breakthrough is they figured out how to have that artificial intelligence scan content in real time. No one wants to wait three seconds or five seconds for a page to load as you're browsing the internet. It's so, so true, but that's so sad. It's so sad. <laughs> like I have to just laugh of like, I cannot believe I'm waiting five seconds. <laughs> for this thing to happen. But okay, but keep going. I just have to say like, this is just comical, like the human condition right now to wait five seconds. Okay, so it scans yeah. it in milliseconds. That's huge, of course, because we couldn't possibly wait three seconds. So that's great. So keep Even going. Even one second would feel oppressive. So <laughs> um, we've spent a lot of time trying to get that as fast as possible and okay. it's getting faster by the month. Uh, so what this means for the average consumer, um, this means that we will block porn that other filters miss. We'll block all the known porn sites, which is important, but in addition, we'll block all the new ones. So something, you know, every day there are new sites that are created. Since we're scanning in real time, we'll also be able to prevent uh, access to those. The next big breakthrough is that we can filter with insights. It used to be that the internet was black and white, or I should say, there, you know, there was a red light district of the internet, and as long as you didn't wander over there, you were more or less yeah. fine. Today, it's kind of 50 shades of gray. Some of the most popular websites that kids want to access have pornographic content in it, whether that's Twitter or Reddit or Discord or you name it. So we're able within a browser to serve up the good without the bad. So let's say you go to Twitter and there's 20 posts and one is a Bitcoin meme and the other one's a cat video and one is uh, contains nudity. We'll just strip that nudity out and we don't have to block all of uh, Twitter. So we what we really wanted to do is avoid this overblocking, all or nothing approach that we conceive of as a butcher's cleaver, um, which may have worked 30 years ago, but today where everything's kind of mixed, um, doesn't work. So we think of Canopy as a scalpel, right? Can you get in there and just take out the bad so that people can still go and kids can explore and um, and learn and not feel like they've, they've kind of got a walled off uh, internet experience unnecessarily. I love it. Canopy is like the anti-porn surgeon who goes in and just takes out just what you, what's needed. I love this. My grandpa was a surgeon, so this like resonates deeply with like the work that he would do of like he would be very he would talk about this being so careful of like just you just take just what you need out. 
you just in being very and being always talking about the very delicacy of this because there's a lot of good, right? Tech has a lot, actually, mm-hmm. a lot of good in it. I was just thinking about this as you were talking. So uh, my daughter Agnes loves drawing. She loves learning how to draw. She's become very good at it. This is part of her talent. She loves art. She loves drawing. And there are some YouTube channels that teach her how to draw. There is like a a low level anxiety that I experience every time she's like has that she goes on this channel. I have to watch it with her. And then because of course now they have all of these ads that will like go through as she's learning how to draw something. And then those ads and those commercials, some of them are so inappropriate. Not all, but there's been a few. And so before Canopy, I'm sitting there like taking it when I, I have to watch her draw basically. And, and it does feel like I'm like the helicopter parent because I'm like watching every single second while she's trying to draw you know, a cupcake, literally a cupcake. And I just think like, this is what parents need. Like we need to be able, like the, the, just think about the amount of peace and like, like lessening the anxiety, knowing that like if your kid is using the tablet, using the iPad, using a phone to do something sincerely innocent, like learning how to draw or learning how to do this art craft, whatever it is that they're doing, knowing that there's going to be that content that's going to be blocked. But let me ask you this about this content that's going to be blocked. What about, does this work across everything on their phone? Like what about text messages? What about other things that are coming in, does it just work for like just internet browser stuff? Do you, does that make sense? I'm, I'm not the tech person. You're the tech person. So help me out here. Uh, phenomenal question. So it it varies a little bit across the different operating systems. So okay. the main ones out there are Windows and Mac OS on computers and then Android and iOS for phones and tablets. Um, so it's a little bit different. Um, I'll tell you where it does work. On iOS, which is iPhone, which is what most American kids have, mm-hmm. um, we are able to filter within the majority of apps, not all of them, um, but the majority of them, including TikTok and Discord. So you can filter TikTok? We can filter within TikTok, the app. So What? Everyone, this is, Sean, that's huge. It's We're incredibly excited about it. We, we can't, and I, I want to get this out there because expectations are so important. We can't filter within the Instagram app or Snapchat the app. And so we're working on that. We've got uh, some exciting things coming, I hope, uh, to announce in the next couple of months. But um, what parents have done there and is that they will block the app and direct their kid to the browser, which candidly is not all the same functionality, but you can still uh, partake in it just with the confidence that you're not going to be exposed to some of the, the problematic stuff. We also have a feature that is able to scan images captured by the device. This is an opt-in feature. We call it our sexting deterrence. So let's say that uh, you take an image and it's a, hypothetically, a 16-year-old girl takes an image of herself at the beach with some friends wearing bikinis. Our software would flag that as uh, something that, you know, parents may or may not want their kids to be sharing. Uh, And the child will get a message. Are you sure you meant to take that photo? And they can either delete it Uh, or send it to mom or dad for approval. And our hope is, there's two settings there. One is just we scan for nudity. One, we scan for kind of partial nudity, minimal clothing, that this kind of provides guardrails um, to give kids a choice as they're taking photos before they go send them. Um, They're like, hey, is this this something that should be out there in the world, digital's forever? 
uh, is that the right thing? So we're excited about that because we think it can help prevent sexting regrettably, especially during the pandemic has become um, much, much more of a norm among American teenagers. Two thirds of American girls have been asked, teenage girls uh, have been asked to send a sext, uh, usually by someone they know. Which is kind of shocking. So absolutely, to- yeah, it, it's it's horrible. I was just going to say the pandemic created a pandemic of its own. Yes. So we want to make sure we can kind of provide safeguards. And then just the last thing I'll say on Android um, and Windows and Mac, we've just launched a brand new capability, which is our screen-based filter. To make a long story short, this is going to enable us to filter offline content. You can have no internet connection whatsoever. And you plug in a thumb drive and try and bring up an image or a video. If it's inappropriate, we'll block it. You could be on a Zoom hypothetically. And if offensive content were to come in through screen share or someone nude walked in the background, we would cut that feed. And so this on Android would filter within Snapchat and Instagram and every. I mean, it would on Android, it captures everything. That's coming out in about two more weeks from now which we're really excited about. So it's complicated. It's a constantly evolving ecosystem, but we are working tirelessly to make sure that parents have the tools to do everything they can. And um, they also know what's out there. That's one of the big problems is that parents oftentimes aren't aware even what Discord is, right? That's one of the more popular apps among kids now. And um, many people haven't even heard of it. Uh, Parents, I should say. I, I really believe what you're doing at Canopy is going to change our culture. I think it's absolutely going to change it. I think what Canopy is doing is going to change all of these numbers. I cannot wait in the next five to 10 years to come back and see the difference in these numbers. And one thing, of course, wanting them all to go lower. Right now, we've got 93 again. 93% of American boys will be exposed online to pornography before they turn 18. 13 is the average age in years at which American boys first see porn. Two times more adolescents have been exposed to pornography. I think that Canopy is absolutely going to change our culture and bringing all of these numbers down by what you're doing and allowing our kids, like you said in the beginning, to just be kids and allowing them to use the internet for the good that is there. And ultimately, that seems to be part of your mission too. You guys are not like thinking the internet's all bad and that tech is horrible. You're obviously a tech company, but being able to protect our children so that they're able to grow up and understand themselves better before the world tries to tell them who they are. Uh, I I, just, I think it's amazing what you guys are doing. I like, think Canopy is a completely ahead of the curve. And the fact that, I mean, you mentioned all these things, but like Canopy is doing so much. The fact that you're actually able to get into the software and, and, and filter TikTok, which is a huge app for so many people. And specifically TikTok is where so much porn is going on. So much porn, uh, soft porn, whatever you want to call it, but all of the ranges of pornography, like they, it, the majority of it is right there on TikTok, and is where unfortunately a lot of our youth is going for their in, in terms of like education on their identity. And there's a lot there that you guys can help and protect. That's our hope. And on on the TikTok note in particular, I just want to um, one thing we're really excited about. We just launched is a new setting that also filters out minimal clothing. And so the test case for this was uh, either in the TikTok app or you know Instagram browser. We went to Kim Kardashian's page, and <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, half of the images or videos are just pulled out. Wow! Um, which is uh, just seeing it in action to me. That's the moment where we're like, okay. This is what our kids are swimming in. 
Mm. It's like it is it is a lot uh, out there and the extent to which we can shield them from some of it and uh, kind of push it off. Um, we think it gives them a chance, right? It's no silver bullet. Nothing will replace the hard work or the privilege of engaged parenting, but it gives you this space to help your kids understand why this exists and how they should think about it um, before they're educated by TikTok itself or online advertisers or whoever else out there is shipping the content to them. Sean, I know we've been talking a lot about how Canopy is great for families and great for kids. As I'm listening to this, to be honest with you, uh, this is amazing for adults. Mm. I don't know, like, I, 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 maybe you guys have already th- talked about this. I'm sure you have. But for me, listening to this, I'm thinking, um, yeah, and it's amazing for young adults and adults and, and parents for ourselves. Like, we sometimes think because we're adults and because we're parents, like, I can, I can handle it. And granted, we should be able to control and handle a lot and be able to filter, of course. But there's all, we're also human. And we're, we also have our own triggers and tendencies and weaknesses. And this is just seems like a really good product for any human being who wants to protect their soul and protect their eyes and have custody over themselves um, to be able to have a better experience online. Mm. I think that we've seen a lot of parents start to adopt Canopy, even though I I should note right now, like the the use case is built for parents to put on their kids' devices. But uh, we're finding a lot of adults and parents themselves put this on their own devices because, as you said, some of this content is tempting and it's alluring. It's It's been designed to hack our cognitive vulnerabilities. It's one of the key lines from the Social Dilemma uh, documentary that came out. And we think that for those that want to go forward and use this with, without being exposed to kind of this hypersexualized content that's out there, um, this offers an opportunity for that. We started with kids um, in part because if you look at the neuroscience and if you look at the impact of exposure the earlier it happens when your brain is developing, the more impactful it will be. If porn is exposed to a seven-year-old versus an 11-year-old, the seven-year-old will have a deeper impact typically because their mind is more receptive. It's still coming together. The neurons, all the synaptic pathways um, are still being formed versus 13 versus 17. So each year that you can delay makes a big impact in terms of their expectations, their norms, uh, their deepest longings. Uh, both kind of from a psychological, but also just a straight up brain. This is how your brain is coming together uh, perspective. So that's why we really wanted to just prevent exposure at the outset uh, as long as we possibly can. Um, once you're older, though, I think, as, as you just acknowledged, like the temptations there, our brains are hardwired to crave certain types of content. And the tech companies know that and they have built their platforms in ways to try to lure you in by, you know, whether it's endless novelty, which our brain craves, or um, really taking advantage of how we seek out dopamine, things that are associated with dopamine hits, um, or just the sheer accessibility of this by making it, you know, uh, everywhere you look and ads everywhere that just kind of trips you down the rabbit hole. Um, So we think that this ultimately, our our hope is that any device that a child could access will have some sort of protection on. And anyone who wants to assert more control over what they consume actually has that option. Right now, it's really hard to do. Algorithms do it for you. We think that should be back in the hands of adults to decide what inputs they want coming in, what they're looking at. 
Amen. Amen. Um, all, all the hands are up. High fives everywhere for what you're saying. We should have more control over that, absolutely, as parents for our children. Uh, you know, if you know anything about me, I, I talk about this often. I have a background in psychology and neuropsychology. I love personal development. That's just the world that I love and the world that I, I, I love to be in. When you were talking about the, the neuroscience of children and their brains and developing from when, like, the, the at the earlier that they first see pornography and, like, how that develops and affects them neurologically, and then their expectations for that type of scenario or relationship. And we know now, like, there's research out now that shows that the earlier that you're exposed to porn or even the, the, the time and the duration you're exposed to pornography – not just it's not that just because it's bad it's affecting how you see yourself and others and relationships um marriages you, you see this affecting and having effects way down the line in in late adulthood and mm-hmm. so i think what you're doing is phenomenal because you want to try to cut it off as soon as you can and like you said delay 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 there's so many images out there that are like on the pornographic scale somewhere on there, but the more the longer you can delay, probably the obvious exposure at some point to something that we don't want to see, um, limited clothing or just straight porn, uh, the better for us, so that we can become a more informed in person, know who we are, to be able to distinguish really what that is, what it's not, how we should respond to it versus when you're younger, you're just taking everything in and absorbing it, and like you said, those those neural pathways that you're creating when you're younger and those experiences, the more that you're exposed, the deeper they go and those create those habits and those create like, and when those habits become deeper, you need to have the dopamine hit to, 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 to fill that need. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a scary rabbit hole, like you said, to fall into if you're not very um, careful and protective about it. I, I love what Canopy's doing. I think it's phenomenal that you guys are, are available in here. So, Tell us more about like, how does it work? I think that's that's what we need to know. Like, okay, so this is software, <laughs> but literally you need to walk it through it with me like I have, like I, like, I've, like I just got an iPhone for the first time. Like, what do I do to put this on all of my devices? How does that work, Sean? Great question. Okay, so step one, you go to canopy.us where you can find out more about the technology and how it works and um, why we are trying to bring this into the world. Um, if you create an account, which takes about 10 minutes to do, um, you get a free 30-day trial, money-back guarantee, all that good stuff, um, and you would do two things. First, you would create a parent profile. This is going to be the dashboard where you can set up devices for people in your family. You can change settings. Uh, you can understand how your kids are using their devices. This is kind of where you go. It's Think of it as your, your master dashboard to understand the ways in which your children are interacting with technology. The next step would be then to install Canopy on one of your children's devices, whether that's computer, tablet, or smartphone. That takes about uh, 10 to 15 minutes to do. We tried to make it as straightforward as possible. Um, And once you've done that, Canopy is supposed to work in the background. We really tried to overcome the challenge posed by overblocking where it's constantly interrupting your child or slowing their phone down or things like that. And we put the app on your child's phone um, so they know it's there. We're not trying to do spyware. We're not trying to hide anything. Uh, And in fact, we think this is oftentimes a really good opportunity for parents to have the conversation with kids. What is Canopy? Why am I putting it on there? We have little guides to kind of coach parents through that conversation. Mm. 
And thereafter, you can customize the profile. By default, we will block all pornographic websites and all pornography from otherwise acceptable websites. You then can do things like turn on the sexting prevention feature. We've got a location tracking feature where you can know where your child's device is at all times. You can set up alerts if they leave certain locations like home or school. Um, you can set times of the day where internet will be turned off, like curfew mm -hmm. or during you know family time. Um, and so we've got a couple of things, but the real core of it is we give you the power to ensure that your child is not going to be exposed to pornography on their device. Everything else I think is great and helpful, but uh, the, the real peace of mind comes from knowing that in the background, this device is working around the clock to make sure that it's not coming onto your child's screen. I love it. Oh my gosh, this is so good. I am so excited for this. Okay, what's even better, and we'll have this in the show notes, is that Canopy and I are working together, we're collaborating together to give you a really, a really amazing deal. So I, I can't imagine that any parent wouldn't want this. So I'm assuming that everybody here listening is going to put it on your phone and going to get it. But before you do that, please allow me to give you an amazing deal. If you use the code Leah, that's just L-E-A-H, you will get 15 off, 15% 15 off Canopy for life for life, not just for your first month, for life. I'm really excited about that part. So use the code Leah, 15% off Canopy for life. And that I'm just so happy to work with you. I mean, I was looking on your website and, and what would, I think something you just posted on maybe like your Facebook page, but Parents Magazine just named the Canopy app the best parent controls app. That's amazing. I mean, and, and rightly so that you're being re recognized for this, but this is such a needed piece in our life to give us to give us uh, calm and peace as a parent to know that our kids can have a little bit of freedom and autonomy with their screens and being able to access things that we're allowing them to, but knowing that also we're protecting them from the things that they can't even control. We think that one of the, the big opportunities out there is to help parents write a new playbook for mm. how to navigate this. And as, as I'm sure many people are going, I'm, I'm going to date myself with this, but um, I can't look to what my parents did when I was growing up um, because I didn't have a smartphone until I was out of college. And so, so many of the challenges, so much of our kids' lives, social lives in particular, have moved online. Education has moved online, right? It's hard to imagine kids doing homework now without having some internet access, especially as they get into middle school and beyond. And so the parenting playbook has to be updated. And it's daunting to kind of take the full burden of that on as it is. And even if you can figure out how you want to navigate it, to do it without tools to help you achieve that, I think is uh, is also a challenge. So we've got a long way to go. Again, we don't believe in silver bullets at Canopy. Uh, nothing replaces good parenting. But uh, we do hope that we can emerge as a Sherpa for parents who are trying to navigate this and also someone that provides the tools to help you figure out your kid ultimately is going to be, you know, turn 18 uh, and leave the house. Uh, my daughter's not allowed to until she's voted in her second presidential election <laughs> a little bit later. Um, when they do leave the house, right, the goal is not to keep them in forever. It's to send them out into the world yeah. with conviction about who they are, what they believe in, and what they want from the world. And technology is going to be a part of that. And so we have to figure out how to, how to do it in a way with wisdom and uh, a way that they're using it in a healthy and helpful manner. So long way to go, but we're excited to be in the arena at long last. 
Uh, Sean, thank you so much for being with us. And before I have you give me your challenge, I'd like for you to give a challenge to our to our lit listeners. I just I'd like to just cap this off right here. These companies like this, like Canopy, I always love talking to the executives here to see like where their where their mind is, where where their head is, and like creating this company and what they're doing for the world. But you know what I noticed? Some of the best companies out there that are really trying to help, they're incredibly humble. I mean, Sean, I, I mean, I'm so impressed by just our conversation. I don't know if you're listening and you're hearing the same thing I'm hearing, but maybe because there's distance between me and like, because I'm not the one that I didn't found a tech company like Canopy, but wow, as much as Canopy is doing and then hearing you, Sean, talk about like, okay, well, we're still working. We're still working. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, okay, great. Definitely still work, but like you're doing amazing stuff that's helping us parents out right now that we can't do ourselves. So God bless you for your humility and all of it, but keep going and also know like what you've already provided in Canopy is more than anything out there. That is something to be celebrated. So thank you so much for what you're doing to help keep our children safe and keep their innocence protected as long as possible. I sincerely appreciate that, Leah. We are just grateful for the opportunity. It, it needs to happen, yeah. right? These issues are not going away. They're only going to become bigger as time progresses and we've got to figure it out. So we've burned the bridges and the ships. Uh, th- there's only going forward. There's no going back. I love uh, it. And, Every and, successful yeah. person I know takes the Cortez way. They burn the ships. <laughs> They're done. They're like it's 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 over. It's over. I, I love it. I love the fact that you burned the ships. You're gonna make it happen. And you're right. Things are just going to get more bizarre, more dangerous, more mm. outlandish. And we have to do something as parents to step in and to really create um, a place where our children can be children still while they're in those children years. All right, Sean. Here it is. Here's your opportunity. Give us the challenge. Give us something we can do. What can we do with this? I read uh, one of the most haunting passages from a book called The TechWise Family, in which uh, the author Andy Crouch said that when the iPhone turned 10, that meant a generation of 10-year-olds in America had spent their entire life competing with the iPhone for their parents' affection and oftentimes losing. And so my, my challenge is this. I think so much of what we have to do is set guardrails for our kids but also perhaps more importantly, most importantly, set the example for them. They are gonna be queuing off of the way we interact with our devices. If this is captivating for us, if it's always in our hand, if it's the last thing we look at before we go to bed and the first thing we look at in the morning, that will be the norm that our kids then absorb themselves and adopt and follow. So the challenge to parents is twofold. Number one, uh, set the example that you want your kids to follow. Um, my kids don't have devices yet. My oldest is 10. Uh, but my wife and I have a little basket. When we walk in the home, we put our devices there. We've adopted the rule, uh, that no devices in the bed, even though it only applies to my wife and I now, we want that set in place. Uh, and it's hard. We had to go get analog alarm clocks. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> you do things like that, but set the example. And then the, the second part of the challenge is to know how much you matter uh, to your kids and like take advantage of those opportunities. I, I will share one small thing and this will be different for everyone, but I learned this from a friend. He said every night after he tucks his kids in, he lays down on the bed next to them and looks up at the ceiling. And he said, for some reason, that's when the most interesting things come out. That's when his son and his daughter just like open up. Um, and I don't know what it is about that, but the challenge is find what that window is for you and your child. 
Um, whether it's, it's that, it's in the morning, it's on a walk, whatever it may be, but just create those opportunities where you are interacting with your kid, open book, whatever the conversation is. Um, and that I think is, is going to be key because as they go forward in the world, stuff's going to happen and they're going to be exposed to stuff and they'll have questions as all kids will. And if you can create that regular opportunity for them to come to you and look to you, and, um, I think that is incredibly powerful. So those are my two challenges. I love it. So the challenges are be the example, set set the example in your home as parents about your own phone usage and to create opportunities for true and deep conversation with your children. That's what I mm-hmm. hear. Is that right? Yes. Okay, we Much got more it. Eloquently put. <laughs> I, I just, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm really good at summing up things. Um, I'm not good about keeping things short, but I can listen and sum it up. Those are amazing challenges. I love them. I love them for myself too. Ricky and I have, we have gone, I'll be honest with you. We've go, we go back and forth all the times where we're like, we're in a phase. We're like, okay, no phones in the bedroom. And then we pull it out and then somehow it creeps in and we go back and we're both, and I'm so we need to do that. I love the basket idea of just having a place where, and also uh, the basket idea is great for those who constantly lose their phone. At least you know where <laughs> it's at. So for me, that's going to serve many purposes. And I don't have to tell Ricky to call my phone because that is <laughs> the most sta- the most due statement I say. All right, Sean, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast, for being a part of this conversation. Thank you for allowing me to partner with Canopy. I am, I'm sincerely honored to be a part of this and to help spread the word. Again, please do go to canopy.us slash Leah. You will get 15% off Canopy for life if you use the code Leah. You can go there, go to the website. This All this information will be in our show notes too, so you don't have to memorize it. Click on the link, get this downloaded. Parents, this is going to be a, a just a, a weight off of your heart and also Canopy, by the way, extremely affordable, extremely affordable. You should be taking a look at these prices. You'll be like, are you kidding me? That's all it is? Okay, so yeah, sign me up a million times over and make sure you share it with your family. This would be a great family text to all of your brothers and sisters, all of your grand, all your grandparents, everybody you have in your life who has family around them who has children, for them to also um, spread the good news of keeping our kids kids. Sean, thank you so much. Leah, really appreciate the opportunity. All right, you guys. Listen, remember, whatever you do today, do something beautiful for God. I love you. God bless, and I'll be with you soon. Bye.